Welcome to Talking Sense. I'm Mark Osorio. And I'm Teresa Arago. We're financial advisors, and if there's one thing we understand, it's that money can be confusing. So get ready, because we're breaking down what you don't know about money today on Talking Sense. As with many financial topics, if you Google life insurance in an attempt to educate yourself, you'll find a lot of conflicting information. Usually. Some would vilify certain types of insurance while singing the praises of another, which is typical in our industry and probably Mm -hmm. in life in general, but it goes both directions. We're going to discuss the main two you hear about, discuss what differences exist, and discuss what to consider when you're making a decision for your family. So we're not here to say one is great and one is horrible. Mm. We're here to educate you so that you understand it a little better. You can wade through all the chaos of Google and make a choice for your family. Exactly. And first, we're just going to start off by talking about what's what's the difference, right? Mm-hmm. And first of all, we've got term life insurance. Right. And the, I would say the, the main defining qualities of it is that it guarantees a balanced payment, right? So a mm-hmm. set payment for a term, right? So that's kind of where the name comes from. Uh, and that way, if anything were to happen to you during that term, you get the death benefit. Yes. So when you're creating a term life contract, when you're applying for that coverage, you're going to say, I want X number of dollars as a death benefit mm-hmm. and I want X number of years that that will cover. So 20 years and million dollar policy. If something were to happen during that 20 year period, as long as you were continuing to make your premiums, the insurance company is required to pay that death benefit to your beneficiaries. Mm -hmm. Now, a little tidbit here from personal experience, a lot of people will have a primary beneficiary, but not a contingent beneficiary. Mm -hmm. Make sure you've got one listed because if you have, if you're married and you and your spouse are primary for each other and then something happens to both of you at the same time, the state gets to decide who gets your money. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but I would prefer that not be the case. But yes, that is the exact kind of defining characters of a term contract. But what happens at the end of the term? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, So at the end of the the contract, most term uh, insurance policies will just end, right? Meaning that uh, you, if you didn't have to use it, right? So if no, the account owner or the policy owner didn't pass away, hopefully, then then that's it. You know, mm-hmm. you you took, you had the benefit of having the, the coverage during that time, but it's kind of like with car insurance, right? So if, you know, for the, uh, like I, I buy my car insurance every six months, but if nothing happens to my car during those six months, then bye-bye. That's, that's yeah. pretty much it. <laughs> like that's, But I'm okay with it because if something were to happen, we're covered. Then you were covered. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Exactly. There are some term policies that do allow for extensions or, or possibly conversions to whole life policies. Mm-hmm. Uh, although that does come with a typically a pretty hefty increase in the monthly premium amount. And I even saw one where your monthly premium doesn't change, but just the coverage lowers pretty drastically. So there are right. some policies that offer some different options there. Usually with term policies that that cost is going to be the same throughout that entire term, but Mm -hmm. there are some that change. Um, And the other one that we've mentioned is whole life. Whole life is intended to last as long as you live, but it can lapse if you don't pay attention to the cash value and the payments that you're supposed to be paying. Mm -hmm. Because with some contracts, those premiums are locked in at the same amount for your life, but some they do a shift. So you want to make sure that you understand all of that. And when you're looking at a whole life policy, there are always going to be like guaranteed parameters and then some other ones listed in there that are Mm -hmm. based on certain things happening. 
we always encourage people to utilize those guaranteed numbers when they're comparing that to other things because that's what you know you can get. The others require variables that you can't control. Yeah, I would say that's definitely one of the most important parts. Uh, The main thing that I tend to see with with whole life insurance and, and people that are interested in whole life insurance is the the ability to build cash value. So they mm-hmm. see it kind of a, like a savings account and then being able to uh, to borrow mm-hmm. on that cash value. And so just from a, an advisor of, of a planning standpoint, you know, I, I just see a few issues with that, mm-hmm. right? So when you're looking to, to save money or invest, typically a whole life insurance policy is not your best option. Correct, right? if that's the purpose. If mm-hmm. that's the purpose, yes. That's one uh, I mean, we, we've talked about you know, interest rates on CDs right now being uh, pretty good. Uh, and then if depending if you're looking to invest for a long time, like for, for retirement, then you definitely have other options like a Roth IRA that, that you mm-hmm. could invest uh, and typically have a much better growth rate on. Uh, and then other people that are looking to borrow on this, a lot of people don't understand, okay, if you're borrowing on this, uh, then that means that your death benefit is being subtracted by the amount that you're borrowing, meaning mm-hmm. that if something were to happen to you and you've taken out the, uh, you know, that that amount, whatever, you know, let's say that you have a $100,000 policy and you've got a loan you know, for 50000 well, now you only have 50000 in death benefit that your yes. beneficiary would receive. And it's going to impact your ability to not lapse later on for the policy to not fall apart because those payments that you've been making that built that cash value mm-hmm. are actually intended to help offset some of the cost of insurance later into the policy. So if you take a loan or a withdrawal against it, it is going to impact your ability to maintain the contract long-term as well. Yeah, and if something happens to you, like to your job, and you're not mm-hmm. then able to make the payments, then you've again, put yourself in a bad situation by borrowing against it because you don't have as much cash value there to protect you. And with term policies, those are usually the most cost effective policies to purchase if we're looking at the same death benefit value. Um, for for whole life, it's usually going to be five to 15 times more per month to cover that same death benefit amount as a term mm-hmm. policy. Yeah. So we talked about the differences, what they are, what are some things to consider? When does term life make the most sense? My uh, belief is that whenever you're looking at at life insurance, right, you want to you, the goal should be just that pure life insurance. Mm-hmm. If something happens to me, I want my loved ones to be taken care of and their financial needs to be met, right? Mm-hmm. So when when you're looking at at that purpose, I would say uh, term life insurance makes the most sense because the costs are lower. You mm-hmm. get more bang for your buck, meaning that you're paying a lot less for a lot more coverage in that Mm -hmm. sense. These contracts are also, term contracts specifically, are usually very straightforward. Right. You pay a certain premium, it's for a certain term period, the death benefit, they're all usually fixed. There are some companies, again, that don't. Um, There's some that start with like a lower premium and it builds, but it's structured. Right. So if you look at the contract, you'll be able to see exactly what it's gonna cost you. Um, And when I've done the math for clients, if something were to happen, it it far outweighs the cost they put into it. Mm -hmm. So for term, really, if you're wanting to make sure you've got the highest death benefit possible at the lowest cost, that's your best bet. But when does the whole life make sense? If you're looking to keep uh, a life insurance benefit for the the entire uh, length of your lifetime, then that is definitely an option. You just have to keep making the premiums as outlined in the contract. And then the thing to watch out for with those whole life contracts, which we talked about, loans and withdrawals are available. So if that's important to you, then it's there. But you do want to watch out for how it's going to impact the contract's longevity because it is really, I, I've uh, more times than not, when I have clients who come in with a whole life contract, 
and we do the stress test on it. Mm -hmm. And we ask the insurance company for that. If they've done any loans or withdrawals or if they've stopped payments on it Mm -hmm. at any point, it's, it's going to run out and it's going to lapse at some point. So it, it, you have to really stick to the guidelines that you originally committed to if you want that to be successful. Mm-hmm. Also, that guaranteed interest rate is part of the contract. So make sure you're paying attention to that when you're doing it. Yeah. And I would say the, the last point on that, uh, as far as a, a benefit to that, is that it can be used as an estate planning tool. Yes. Right. Uh, but there's more often than not, when you're looking at life insurance, it's purely for protection, mm-hmm. right? So unless you have a very specific estate planning wish, then, uh, then yeah, I would say the uh, whole life insurance would be the, the tool in that specific situation. And we're going to talk about the drawbacks of both too. You know, term is not perfect. Once mm-hmm. the contract ends, if it has a continuation option where you can keep the coverage, usually those premiums are going to be like ridiculously Mm -hmm. high compared to what you were paying before where it's not feasible to do that. So Mm -hmm. if your goal is to, you know, have insurance through your seventies or eighties term is probably going to be difficult to maintain for the long term because once you get past the term period, which is the longest term period I've heard of is probably 30 years, somewhere in that range. Right. And once you get outside of that, that range though, it gets pretty expensive. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but when we look again at kind of the, the purpose of it, we talk to a lot of folks about, okay, what what are the main reasons to, to get life insurance, right? And mainly that's to cover any sort of liabilities, mm-hmm. to replace income, uh, to cover final expenses, and any sort of higher education goals that that family has. So, I mean, if you're thinking about a family that is in their 20s, maybe mm-hmm. in their early 30s, then typically a 30-year term policy will get them through pretty much almost to retirement. Mm-hmm. You know, and the goal is that by that time, they'll be free of, uh, Hopefully of all of those. Hopefully they've that financial independence hurdle and they don't need it any longer. Exactly. Um, so for whole life, what are the drawbacks to that? Yeah, mainly that the contracts can be pretty confusing at Mm -hmm. times, right? And for your average uh, investor, right, that doesn't have a a complete knowledge on just life insurance in general, uh, the the terms can be confusing. Uh, It it can have a lot of uh, different bells and whistles. And that's where we see a a lot of, uh, shall I say, funny business (laughs) (laughs) in in the life insurance uh, industry where, you know, people just get sold, these ridiculous policies with all these uh, bells and whistles that the consumer has no idea what they're for. Mm-hmm. But, you know, during kind of the purchase process, they, they were just upsold on every little additional benefit. And I think you, sh- you shared this earlier, but I'm going to be a little more direct about it. The, the concern that we have when it comes to whole life is that it's often sold as two things. Mm-hmm. It's sold as an investment vehicle and life insurance at the same time. Mm-hmm. But if you use the investment vehicle part of it by taking loans or withdrawals, then you hamper the life insurance's ability to do its job. Mm -hmm. If you want the life insurance piece to do its job, you have to leave the investment vehicle part of it alone. Mm -hmm. So really it can't serve both masters. Exactly. And so that's where we get concerned with, with people utilizing them and not being educated about how they actually work. They are both great tools if they're used properly, Mm -hmm. but we do see a lot of misuse or misinformation about it. So what if you have a policy that isn't a good fit for you? And we're going to talk first about whole life policies. If mm-hmm. you have a cash value and you decide, okay, this policy is really not a good fit for what I'm trying to accomplish, you do have the ability to cash it out. Any gains that you've earned in there will be taxable to you at that time. So make sure you talk to your tax preparer first. But yeah. you also have the ability to exchange it to another type of product. If you keep it within an insurance chassis, you can move it to an annuity type product through an exchange 
and you avoid the taxation of the gains for that period of time until you're ready to take some withdrawals. Mm -hmm. Some clients have even used this to fund long-term care product options that are out there in the market to kind of set themselves up for the next stage of life. Yeah. Yeah. So that process, it's what's called a 1035 exchange. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you kind of want to learn a little bit more about that, you can uh, definitely research it. Um, but yeah, that, that is a great tool. If you find yourself in that situation where you're like, okay, yeah, I was sold this several years ago. Uh, not really what I need, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from what it sounds like. And you, you, so, yeah, what are my options? So what if you have a term policy and you realize, you know, this policy is not the best fit for you. What no. can you do there? Yeah. So with term policies, usually the guidelines are that you, uh, if you don't need it, right, you can stop the the payment on it. There are no penalties. There's uh, really nothing that you lose except for the death benefit, right? Mm -hmm. So so the coverage is basically what you end up losing at that point uh, if you determine that it no longer meets your needs. However, if you are looking to replace that policy, I would just caution you and strongly encourage you to first uh, secure Mm -hmm. that new policy that you're looking to uh, to add on uh, or you know to to use to replace before uh, completely getting rid of the the existing one because a lot of things could happen or you know, if you have uh, all of a sudden a, some sort of medical complication or anything like that that comes up during uh, medical underwriting if it if it's required you know then that's uh, that could be something that uh, makes it not feasible anymore mm-hmm. to to get that new policy. And if you do need life insurance, you know, having some, even if it's maybe not the best type, could be better than not having any at all. Yes. And we've covered life insurance before and different things. But one other piece that we're going to kind of give you a little bonus there is if you have coverage through your employer, that's an awesome benefit. But we would encourage you to have personal coverage as well, because if you move jobs, you Mm -hmm. will have lapses in coverage. You start the new job. You've already left the old job where the coverage has ended, and then you're going to have an elimination period before you're eligible at the new job typically. So having personal coverage is really important to us for our clients. Mm-hmm. So it's time for our two cents. I'm going to let you go first, Mark. Yeah. So whether you choose you know, term life insurance or whole life insurance, we encourage you to complete an analysis of your needs to make mm-hmm. sure that what you are looking for is actually what is being offered to you. And life insurance is an integral integral wow i can't integral, <laughs> integral. goodness gracious it's integrity uh, no. life insurance <laughs> is integral in, oh my goodness it's important <laughs> life insurance <laughs> is important toward financial independence and we have covered the types in this show but we've also covered things like how much you need in a previous episode so we're going to link that if you're watching this on youtube mm-hmm. or you're listening to it on podcast for you to go look at if you're catching this on the radio go check out those Uh, show notes on those but it's important that you have the right coverage as he mentioned Mm -hmm. so check out those show notes for that link thank you guys so much for joining us on talking sense we hope this episode has been helpful to you and we look forward to catching up with you next time thanks for listening to talking sense and if you like what you hear make sure and subscribe to the podcast to get all the newest episodes the gym walk team is available to you 24 7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com Or you can call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. And while we like to have fun here, we're also financial advisors, and that means disclosures. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Jim Walt Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.